Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Dr. Inez Muzaku. She is a professor of ecclesiastical church history and the director of Catholic Studies program at Seton Hall University. Uh, She has also been featured frequently in national and international media, newspapers, radio, and TV interviews, has written several books on Mother Teresa, with one coming out in 2024. And I think your latest book, Doctor, was uh, Mother Teresa, Saint of the Peripheries. Is that correct? Yes, that's very correct. Yes. All right. Uh, But the reason we're talking to uh, Dr. Muzaku today is... She wrote an article in the Catholic thing recently called Like a Virgin. And many of you may remember that there was a sister, Christina Scuccia, who sang on The Voice several years ago. And this article is kind of a follow up to kind of where we are today after that appearance. And maybe, uh, Doctor, you can give maybe a little thumbnail sketch of her being on The Voice and kind of where we are today. And then we can kind of delve into why. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much, Deacon. Um, the international media, actually, including even the big media, uh, not necessarily Catholic, uh, they covered the story of uh, of, uh, uh, of of this nun, you know, the celebrity nun, if we if we can call her uh, this way, with a with an absolutely, absolutely beautiful, charming, you know, youthful voice, and she was the 2014 winner of the Voice of Italy. Uh, which I'm sure our uh, listeners know, it's a competition sponsored by the Italian TV show Verissimo, it's called. And, uh, um, you know, there the sister gave the big confession. The people were waiting, actually, because I'm, I, I kind of follow even the Italian media and, of course, you know, the Catholic media. What, what happened sister, uh, to sister uh, Christina? So she made that big uh, confession there. So, and actually, Sister Christina came up in this beautiful red, shiny dress, uh, stylish makeup, right side, pierced nose. So this was how she presented herself, you know, after all her celebrity, uh, you know, singing for the voice of Italy. And uh, now, from that very, very celebrity nun, she now works uh, as a waitress, actually, in Spain. Um, that's where the story kind of, it, it was November the 21st, if I'm not, uh, uh, if, I'm, if I'm correct, that, you know, the news spread in the media. So that's the, the story in a nutshell. So from celebrity to, uh, from celebrity singer to a waitress in Spain. So that is the trajectory of, uh, of, uh, of Sister Christina. Well, and she was with the Ursuline sisters, had been um, in the order for 15 years, so had made final vows. Um, and I remember right. Right. She sang uh, the Madonna song, Like a Virgin. Uh, again, not a, right. Right. an appropriate song, period, but let alone to have a nun go out. But I think, you know, the disturbing thing about it was, and everybody, you know, was so excited and they thought this was great to see a nun out there. But this... Her her superiors were there on the side cheering for her, and they allowed her to sing this secular song and really become uh, this false icon. And it really did her a great disservice by allowing her to do that in the world. 
Right, right. I completely agree with you, Deacon. And uh, let me comment first, you know, on like a virgin, because uh, we, we really need to go to the text. What is the text? What, what is this song all about, you know, and why an, a nun, a virgin, right? Consecrated virgin seems like a virgin. There is a contradiction there, right? So like a virgin touched for the very first time. So this is Sister Christina Scuccia, uh, what she said. Uh, has she read the, the lyrics? Did she know all the controversy that was with Madonna actually when this song came about? And it was uh, Halloween 1984. I was a student at that time actually, and I remember it perfectly. All the controversy, both from the virgins and the harlots actually. So yeah. even Madonna was told that like a virgin would not make her, but break her, given the very, very controversial uh, nature of the uh, lyrics. Uh, Madonna, actually, if you if you see the uh, the, the video, the old one, uh, so 1984, I'm talking about all the the, the video and the song is uh, is in in Venice and kind of uh, you know mocking Saint Mark and the city of Venice is very attached to Saint Mark, of course, Mark the evangelist and the the lion, the figure of the lion is uh, is very distinct and distinctive actually throughout the video and. You you wonder you know why the sister went back to Milan to 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 uh, to Venice and did the same thing right is the is was she kind of recuperating what Madonna did not do so to me personally it made zero zero sense and if you read the lyrics of this song. It is so further from the truth you know that this sister wanted to convey to young people right. Yep. That I mean, I, I always wonder. And uh, funny enough, when I was write, uh, reading this article, I made a little research actually, and I said, you know what? Let me see if she has given any interviews in regard to this uh, to this uh, uh, to this song, you know, like a virgin. And damn it, I found that in 2014, actually, she gave an interview. I mean, she, my she, sister Christina gave an interview to Avenire. Which is uh, uh, which is a da Italian uh, daily, and I'm going to read a few parts, just judging, you know, from the from what she said. Sister Christina said about this, uh, because the first thing, as you said, you can, yeah, who who chose this uh, song, you know, right? Uh, right. Did she have the permission, the permission of her superior? Did she have the permission of the bishop, for that matter, right? Mm hmm. To represent and to sing this song. And this is what Sister Christina said when the interviewer asked, what came into your mind to sing Madonna's Like a Virgin? She said, quote, I choose the song with no will to provoke or scandalize anybody. Reading the text without being influenced by the previous comments, I discovered that this is a song about the ability of love, which makes people new, renews people to redeem their past. And that's how I wanted to interpret it. That's why we transformed it from the pop dance song that it was into a romantic ballad, a bit like aimlessly. That is something more like a secular prayer than a pop song, unquote. I'm not sure 
if this is the right interpretation of like a virgin. Yeah, I mean, this is not accurate. It's almost like you take garbage and try to make a, you know, a a five course meal out of it. It doesn't work that way. And it's it's sad to hear somebody try to misinterpret uh, or, you know, whether on purpose or just because that's their point of view. Uh, some a song again. I actually went back and listened to the song. I hadn't heard it in years, just kind of listening to the lyrics. And I have a daughter in right. the convent. I know after her first year in the convent, I remember asking her, I said, so what was the first year like? And she said, Dad, it was basically they were trying to deprogram us from whom the world says we are and to remind us who God says we are. And so being in the convent should be a place of growing in holiness and spirituality and leading people to Christ, not trying to take the garbage of the world and become famous. Right, right, right. And she is pretty convinced, you know, that she succeeded in this. She has succeeded when you see, you know, that she left the convent and the wrong message that she probably gave to young people, right? It's uh, no, it's not a success at all, actually. So, but it's not only her not right. being successful. It's uh, Ursula's sisters. It's the bishop. Actually, how the church, you know, let this young woman. Uh, so, I, I, I always wonder about that, you know. And and again, with the stories that we hear about celebrity priests, very very recently, actually, you wonder about that. How well, they were given, you know. Uh, to to choose, yeah, yeah, and you and even in your article, right? You the the, the Ursuline, the superior of the Ursuline sisters, spoke um, after it being quiet for a while, and there was no apology. It was like we support her in her going on. We wish she was a sister here. It's almost like you know when yeah. we make fine when they make final vows, they become a spouse of Christ. It's like you and I making vows to our spouses. It's not. Hey, you know what? When things get old or I want to move on, I'm just going to move on. This is this is a vow that we take and to be a bride of Christ and just say, nah, you know what? I'm going to go back into the world. That's that's bad. That shouldn't be something that is supported. And that those sisters, that order should apologize and say, we learned we would never do that again kind of thing. Right, right, right. And also, if you go in the... I, I, I kind of reread even the constitutions, their constitutions. And also, if you go on the webpage and they have some of the constitutions spelled out there, and it says that the congregation of the Ursuline Sisters of the Holy Family is a religious institution of active life, approved by the Holy See as an institute of pontifical rights, made up of the sisters, of course, and following this big commitment as expressed in in Mark 10:21, that is, you are lagging uh, in one thing, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me, pro- pro- professing the vows of chastity, poverty, and obedience in fraternal community life, etc. So it's all written in the constitutions. Why do we want an, an update, an aggiornamento? Do the sisters know, you know, the, the Christine, the what the constitutions are, and also if you read their motto, "Tu solus dominus," you are the only Lord. Motto. It's, it's really very telling, right? So, um, 
uh, that's the that's the big dilemma and the big confusion, right? That this uh, that this uh, sisters have gone, you know, so much astray, so much, you know, uh, outside their roots. So Christina also commented on her and her order's unpreparedness to handle success. Of course, it's not <laughs> this, this this kind of success is not any, anything that the sisters have done before, right? Which is not surprising since the religious orders are not expected to be involved in music industry or to handle the contracts or, or to handle Sister Christina's tours and album productions. And I have an issue with this tour. You know, she has been in tours so much, but what does this mean? It means time away from her yep. parish. It means time away from her because they have a kind of dormitory for students and they, uh, they gave, the sisters give, hospital, uh, give hospitality to around 30 university students. So 30 university students, a kindergarten, and then a parish. Here you have where your vocation would have flourished. And you can use even your, your, your voice, right? Right? Singing in the parish singing with these uh, young university students. So that, uh, that's, another, uh, that's another issue that I personally have, you know, with, uh, with voc- uh, vocation. Why a, religion, a, re- a religious vocation is not enough? Well, and, you right? know, as we're, as we're aware, when religious takes the vows of poverty, obedience, and chastity, there's nothing in there about worldly success. And when you read her article or her quote, Everything was I, 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 right? We, they give up. And I remember, you know, talking to, I've talked to many sisters and, you know, everybody thinks the hardest vow is chastity, but by far and wide, they say the hardest vow is obedience and, and being obedient to mother superior and doing what we should. And, you know, I think that dovetails good into, you know, we've seen the example of sister Scuccia and the Ursuline sisters, but you've written a lot about mother, St. Mother Teresa. And I mean, what a contrast to somebody who embraced these vows, as opposed to somebody who saw those vows as more shackles and and holding them back. Right, right. No, there is a, there is a a very specific point to be made about, you know, the um, uh, vocations, right? Uh, priestly vocation, uh, sisters' vocation, religious vocations in in general. We are we are facing a, a crisis in uh, in these vocations. I think. So, uh, what is a vocation? I mean, people uh, even the definition of vocation. Sometimes I see it with my students. For example, they get it wrong. Vocation is something that is that uh, that endures for a lifetime, right? That's the idea of vocation, that people sometimes don't realize that. And also, that is from Sister Christina's case, which is a desperate case. Why is vocation concentrated virginity? It's not sufficient. Why Sister Christina wants more, something else, in addition to this vocation? Why the white idea of thinking that the nun or the priest or the religious a person in general, ought to hold in social work to give full fulfillment and meaning to her or his vocation. Why spiritual service, care of souls, are not special, are lesser of a vocation? And that's a very important po- uh, point, I think, to be made. Why no, is I that? Think, yeah, Why do we see these priests, you know, that are activists? 
Yeah, and it, it's a very important Yeah, go point. ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's a very important point. And, you know, the Lord calls us to a particular vocation, cap, capital V, because that is, should be our path to grow in holiness before, you know, to get to heaven. Now, it doesn't mean you can't get there if you don't follow it. If that's the path he has for us, then that's the path that we will grow the most, we'll grow in holiness and be that example. And again, you've written on Mother Teresa several times, and you know, I know you have another book right, coming up. Right. I mean, what an example right. of holiness, especially somebody who lived for all those years in desolation, but continued to be faithful, joyful, even while struggling right. with that desolation. Right. What uh, if I compare this with Mother Teresa? It's um, and I'm just writing, uh, reading a little bit on her uh, on the constitutions. What Mother Teresa puts there for her nuns, so everybody knows, you know, when they enter the, uh, the the order of Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa asks her religious sisters in the constitutions and undivided love in chastity, total surrender, wholehearted and free service. Do you notice the the the, uh, the adjectives here? Undivided, total, wholehearted. So, uh, and this is very, very, very telling and eye opener with what we discussed, you know, about what we discussed before. Saying, you know, yes, vocation, uh, the vocation of uh, of a religious is not enough. You know, you need to be uh, to do this sort of service and whatnot to be fulfilling. And also, so that's the first point. And the second point is, Marisa really, really told her nuns that this is the constitution. These are the constitutions. We have to follow them totally, right? And you cannot do it yourself, right? A la carte constitutions. No, you take it or leave it. It's not a cafeteria style, in other words. So uh, really very, uh, very, uh, very t- uh, telling, uh, I think. And also the other point uh, to be made is that we hear a lot about uh, the Second Vatican Council, but I am totally, totally in support of uh, the Second Vatican Council. It brought so much to the church that we are still discerning, we are still uh, uh, understanding, we are still uh, uh, applying. But where do you do you put the uh, the, the line between aggiornamento? the Second Vatican Council, you know, brought, and in this case, you know, the constitutions, the traditions, right? Yeah. We always, in this case, yeah. Yeah, part of the, you know, the issues with Vatican Council is people, you know, it's been hijacked because there are some areas when you read it that aren't as specific as maybe they could be and people have hijacked it. So it's, it it is a problem. I mean, we, we see sister habited, you know, sisters that, eliminated the habit and it says to modify it not eliminate so people have abused what took place there and you know the habit is a beautiful sign it's like you know you or i wearing our wedding ring it's a sign of our commitment and and a witness to the world and you know again mother Teresa did and then we have this other where we broke our vows we've left we want to become famous and in the end Mm -hmm. it's going to a bunch of empty dreams and promises because we gave up the path the Lord has for us. And I think what you're, what you're saying is it, it's, it's really, you know, Mother Teresa got it right. It, it is about total giving of self. It's about being selfless, not selfish. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and Malzviza had a, had an expression actually to give until it hurts, and this give until it hurts it can be applied, you know, to voc- uh, to vocations, of course, you know, but in every aspect. The religious sisters of Mother Teresa, they are expected to give the maximum, the total, the wholehearted, uh, wholeheartedly. So it's, uh, uh, and I'm not saying I'm not criticizing the, the constitutions of the Ursuline sisters. Uh, on the contrary, it is all written in the constitutions. Also, uh, St. Angela Merici, actually, she, she gave the name Ursuline from St. Ursula, who actually was a virgin. And she is a champion of, of, of virginity. So when you hear Sister Christina singing like virgin, they say, oh, Lord, you know, there is a contradiction here, a huge contradiction here in terms. But another aspect that I want to, uh, 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 to comment about is that, uh, yes, it's the religious order, it's her superiors, uh, superiors that didn't do, you know, uh, their job with sisters, uh, their vocation with sister, uh, with sister Christina. And also not being mothers, to mother her, because that's the, that, that's the whole point of the abbot and the abbess. They are abbas, they are fathers and mothers, right? So they failed her. And again, in that interview that I, that I was talking about for Avenira, Christina very clearly said, and I'm just uh, um, uh, quoting her, quote, I am an insecure girl and full of fears. On stage, I look very safe, but behind the scenes, I tremble like a leaf, unquote. Did her superiors know of her insecurities? Did her superiors know of what she was going through? What, she, uh, what, what really the success was for her? So it's just jeopardizing, you know, even uh, from a psychological, from uh, an emotional. Were they aware of that or they were more fixated, you know, to the success, success uh, uh Mr. Christina. So even this part, I, I feel very, very sorry for, sorry for her. They wish her all that, that, you know, that she can get in this other part of her, uh, her uh, of her life, you know, as a singer, hopefully. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, as parents, right, we monitor what our kids watch on TV, what they do on the internet, right? Garbage in, garbage out is kind of the saying goes. And we have a responsibility as parents. They have a responsibility as as religious mother, you know, uh, as prioresses and abbots to make sure that they are protecting them. Because Mother Teresa's sisters were active, right? They went out into the world, but they didn't try to assimilate with the world. And there's a lot of good orders that do yeah. the same thing. It's when we try to assimilate into the world that that's it creeps in and it just it, it rots us from the inside out. Yes, and Mother Teresa, because we we talked about that uh, social aspect, right? That the priest, uh, that half big vo- vocation, if you will, right? That uh, the priest or the nun has to do something, you know, social in order for their vocation to be to be fulfilled. Mother Teresa said that no, we are not social workers. There is a there is a huge difference between being social workers and being religious nuns, because they, we do this what we do for Christ, in imitation of Christ and for Christ and not to be social workers. So that's, that's also very, um, uh, you know, something that uh, in terms of vocation and the theology of vocation, people need to, uh, uh, to keep in mind. Uh, now, 
I, I, I've read a lot, you know, of comments and say, oh, yes, but, uh, you know, Sister Christina could, uh, uh, could have, you know, uh, evangelized with her voice and, uh, and whatnot, you know, uh, because she has this uh, uh, musical abilities, if you will. Uh, of course, she could have done that. Uh, first of all, starting, you know, working in the kindergarten and the parish and, uh, and with the university uh, uh, students and also her beautiful voice. She could have left her mission on a trajectory similar to, let's say, Brother Alessandro Brustegni, who is a Franciscan, a, a sensational mu- uh, musician, who uh, he sings actually songs that, uh, that religious songs. And also sisters, the Peruvian sisters, uh, Cervantes, they are called, the group. Beautiful talent. So this is the type of evangelization that we need, you know, uh, that we need to hear. Our senses want to hear from the religious people, uh, I think. So in conclusion, um, I feel very bad for for Cecil Christina. And again, we wish her all the luck. but it's uh, it's uh, Christina's case is a tragic failure. Her Ursuline superiors failed her, which led her for failed religious vocation, and the Ursulines not uh, the only one failing. Various religious orders in the church are failing precisely because they have abandoned their uh, constitutions, their charisms, for what and for what. If those orders, especially the orders of women, are to flourish again, it will only be because they have designed strong invocation and not in pursuing worse illusions, like in the case of Sister Christina, the voice. Also, the Generation Z, the younger uh, generation, my students, they look for authenticity. And that is something that as a church we need to keep in mind, authenticity. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. And uh... You know, it's it, it's a great point. I really appreciate the article. We're down to you know, about the last 30 seconds or so. Uh, how can people kind of follow what you're doing? How where where can they uh, find out all the books you've written and, and be able to uh, get those books? My books are on Amazon, most of them. Um, and uh, also, you know, people can I'm more than happy to uh, to answer their their questions because, you know, I see my vocation as a professor and also talking, you know, to people and to, to my followers right in social media. So please write or if you have any questions, please contact me. But the books are definitely on uh, on Amazon. Well, Doctor, really appreciate your time and, and all the great things you're doing, especially with these books and these articles, right? That, that they're thought-provoking and it gives people an opportunity to see things from, from a different perspective. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.